You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The following is a live production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network and Real Talk 93.3. Fire up your grills. It's time for Tallahassee Game Day on Warchant TV and Real Talk 93.3. That pass is intercepted to the delight of all Seminole fans. The pick six. Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang bring you the latest news, updates, and analysis around the FSU program ahead of today's kickoff on Bobby Bowden Field. Second and three. Patient and explosive. Game day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Zaxby's, indescribably good. Now live from Florida's capital city, here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron. Bright and early, ready to roll. Welcome in Tallahassee Game Day. Appreciate you tuning in as Florida State gets set this afternoon to take on and welcome Louisville to town. Of course, this game, 3.30, Doak Campbell Stadium, Bobby Bowden Field, great weather. If you're watching from outside the Tallahassee area, ESPN2 will have Anish Shroff on the call and Mike Gold Jr. as the color analyst, Taylor McGregor on the sideline. And, of course, uh, you can follow along on Warchant.com, message boards and the like, and uh, entertain each other as Florida State seeks to get their first win of the year. Not fun to begin each one of these broadcasts having that conversation, but that's the reality in which Florida State lives currently, and it will be interesting. I think we're going to be watching very, very closely uh, as uh, as warm-ups begin later today because a lot of this is contingent on health for Florida State, and by this I mean whether or not they can get that win and uh, pull off a mild upset at home against Louisville. Before we get going here, should note, uh, pregame, postgame, no game at all. Any time is the right time for Zaxby's Platters, just as long as you're hungry. Feed your team of 12 to 14 with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers or boneless or traditional wings. If you're having trouble deciding, get the best of both worlds with a sampler platter. It's what we have here. It's what you guys should pick up on your way over to the tailgate. We want to thank them for sponsoring Tallahassee Game Day. Don't forget that world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving with Zaxby's Platters. Order online or in the app. Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Seminole Booster for over 15 years. And so Florida State has to learn from their mistakes, says Mike Norvell. You know, he's not wrong. People roll their eyes. But 
It is interesting. I'll, I'll read directly from a quote uh, from this week. Uh, this is Mike Norvell about Florida State's plight through these first few games, including after last week's 35-14 to loss against Wake Forest, in which Florida State turned it over six times, which will hurt your feelings to say the least. We're having to go through some painful moments, said Norvell. It's challenging. We're a young team. We've got guys that are being put in positions where, with all the right intentions, they're learning some tough, tough lessons they haven't experienced before. And for us, we can't allow the pain of some of our failures to go wasted. We've got to learn those lessons, and we've got to apply those lessons. So for Florida State, who has 23 true or redshirt freshmen amongst the 54 players on the offensive and defensive depth chart, which is, what, 42, almost 43% of the uh, rotational players, uh, and that's not factoring in redshirt freshmen who are kickers and punters. Uh, you, you know, it, for, for Florida State, it, you, you, it's, it's a weird thing to have to do, but you do have to summon something in the way of wisdom and uh, knowledge gleaned uh, from each of these performances as painful and frustrating as they've been. Uh, of course, they have been losses. I get what Mike Norvell is saying there. I think the question mark we have surrounding this program right now is, are they learning those lessons? Because when you go out in game number one and play the way that Florida State did against Notre Dame, and then follow it up with, I don't know, a stunning, shocking, certainly demoralizing loss at home to an FCS school, uh, only to go on the road and turn it over six times and really suffer through some untimely moments, both uh, from officiating but also self-inflicted, then you wonder if lessons are being learned. You wonder if uh, the, the, the effort and the attention to detail and the focus is there each week. So... You go into a game like today, understanding that a lot has already been lost, but something has to be gained and lessons have to be learned. It is my great hope, obviously, that uh, Florida State today goes out and plays well. And you begin to see signs of real growth. I think fans that come into town today and you'll enjoy a beautiful weather day for this football game. There is something to be excited about, at least in that regard. Uh, as you make your way into the stadium today, really very little chance of rain. It'll be in the uh, low, low 80s, high 70s. Um, you know, it's, it should be a perfect day for football. And that is something I'm reminded of. I know, uh, you know, when things are bleak, you try to latch on to something that uh, gives you hope and makes you feel good. Well, Certainly having great game day weather in the fall at Doe Campbell Stadium, Bobby Bowden Field, is something to celebrate because you're going to be with like-minded folks, loved ones and friends, people that want to see Florida State take that step. Let's see. Uh, let's see if, in fact, you get some growth here. I, I, I think for Florida State, it begins, as I alluded to a moment ago, with whether or not you're able to get Marie Smith back, whether or not you're able to get Robert Scott back, uh, because uh, you know we, we've seen what this team is up front, and we've seen what they are when they get injured. And um, you know they weren't going to be a dominant group on the offensive line, uh, but they had a chance to compete. They had a chance to field five guys that maybe six guys that you thought, okay, ACC middle middle of the road caliber linemen give you a chance to to make some plays with two pretty good backs. I think you have maybe two to three really good backs and. Uh, and, of course, they haven't been able to do that because of those injuries. So it, it's been touch-and-go. If you're just tuning in, you've wondered about it all week long. It's really been sort of a touch-and-go situation this week at practice uh, for those two players for this offensive line. Um, it's not that they don't want to play. It's not like they're not trying like hell. They are. Uh, Lord knows they see and know the importance of this. You know, Coach Adkins has been 
I think, pretty forthright in, in talking about his offensive line and, and, and what they can and can't do. And, you know, you're having to put guys at times in, in, in situations that, um, frankly, uh, you, it's not ideal. You, you wouldn't have them out there. You wouldn't, you know, some guys that just aren't either capable or ready. And uh, he keeps getting asked, as these coaches do, and they're going to be asked more and more as this season goes along, hey, you know, if, if, if the veteran players or some of your veteran uh, starters aren't getting the job done, can't we just go young? Well, not if they're not ready. Not if they have not produced in practice or in situations. Uh, if you don't trust that they know what they're doing, uh, that can be problematic. You can ruin guys. You can. Th- th- that's a big thing. You know, you talk about this in, in, in baseball all the time, for example, to uh, switch sports. But, you know, you, you get a pitcher out there when he's too young, you call him up and, and you let him go through a tough um, – a tough start, you, you can ruin a guy's confidence, and, and, and all of a sudden you're battling more than just the physical. So it's, it's my hope, certainly, that guys are coming along and that they're getting closer and closer because I think as Florida State goes through this season and navigates this season, they are going to need to begin to play uh, a lot of the young guys uh, because, let's be honest, what you're doing at that point is you're getting guys experience for next year, and, and nobody likes to talk about that. Nobody likes to think about next year, especially just three games into a football season, but I understand that you have to start uh, preparing guys. Also, there's some real talent there, too. That's the other thing. Um, if you're, if you're kind of watching closely at personnel and you're wondering game in and game out what the tenor is uh, within that locker room and uh, within that coaching staff, uh, you know, what their, their offices, if you will, like where are they leaning, kind of watch closely to see what these rotations are in that secondary as well. Uh, we talked all preseason about a guy like, Shaheen Brown, and we talked about uh, you know Kevin Knowles, guys like that. Those are guys that have real talent and not a lot of experience. And at some point, you give them that opportunity, especially if other guys are not stepping up and playing well. If other guys who have had that experience have continued to fail you, uh, then you're going to have to probably start relying on some of those younger players. By the way, for Louisville, today's opponent, they're 2-1. and one. They come off a 42-35 to 35 win against UCF. Obviously, feeling like they have a little bit of momentum. If you watch that game, kind of a weird game. They were fortunate to get a win, but at this point, obviously, we would all just take a win. Uh, I think that most people watched that first game against Ole Miss and thought Louisville has real problems and uh, have not progressed much, but they've had a better version of Malik Cunningham lately. And if you if you want to see early in this game uh, what's going to happen for Florida State or what kind of chance they have to win this game, and at the very least slow Louisville's offense down, you got to find a way to hit the quarterback, and that is the one area where Florida State has improved immensely. Uh, this was a team a year ago that simply put couldn't hit the quarterback, and this year, uh, if you look nationally and you look at statistics, you'll note that Florida State hits the quarterback a lot, and uh, one of the best at doing it in a per-pass basis in the country. So there is a strength. And it is this Florida State defensive line. It is this Florida State's uh, quickness off the edge with Jermaine Johnson. I think that um, if you hit Malik Cunningham, we've seen this in the past, uh, a lot of times that helps produce bad Malik Cunningham. Good Malik Cunningham runs around and makes plays and feels comfortable doing it. 
and isn't shook early in the game and begins to feel like he's got a real opportunity uh, to play well. So, you know, that's something that on the other side I would look at very, very closely to find out whether or not Florida State can get some hits on Malik Cunningham early in this game because I think you have a chance then. Uh, it's not an explosive offense. It's, it's not an explosive offense for Louisville. Uh, it can be a playmaking offense because of his ability to buy time and to hurt you with his legs. And Louisville has employed him in the running game because they're, they're kind of ordinary uh, if you will, at running back. They're kind of an ordinary team uh, at running back. There's nothing that stands out all that flashy. Dylan Mitchell is a physical runner. He's going to challenge you and ask whether or not you want to you stick your head in there and make some tackles. Uh, but, but he's not a guy that's going to break away for a real long gain. So it's something that uh, I think for Florida State, show up early, stick your head in there and make some tackles and get a hit on the quarterback. Uh, myself and Tom Lang talked uh, before the show, we recorded that. You'll hear that segment coming up next on Tallahassee Game Day. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Florida State getting set to take on Louisville, searching for their first victory of the year. Didn't expect to say that. Uh, coming into this Tallahassee game day. I didn't expect, uh, before the season, I should say. Obviously, I knew all week long we were going to say that Florida State was still searching for their first victory because that is the reality that this team finds themselves in now. And I think the depth of blame that there is to go around for this program and the current state it's in uh, would keep us here for another two hours, maybe three um, I, this isn't a easy fix-all, a quick turnaround. This isn't one man is responsible for all the woes or the things that ail Florida State football. This is layered, complicated, and I know for you, if you came into town for this game, A, 
God bless you. You are loyal in ways that deserve uh, our rec- you know, our, our attention, and um, and and bravo. Uh, but but if you're listening to this from afar or in town tailgating, you know, nobody wants to hear that this is going to take a very long time. But that is the reality, Tom. I I did some more thinking and contemplating on this last night and knowing in preparation we were going to talk about this. And I also know that in going back and looking at certain situations in the game, in the last game, the Wake Forest game, there are a couple calls that are really timely calls, good calls, and we just don't have the ability to execute them. And when you have injuries on your offensive line, it really, you know, if you think about what they said before the season started, they had, I think they said seven guys they liked. I thought seven was a stretch. They said seven, and I think it's because they were including Dante Lucas, who's not dependable, but athletically speaking on the offensive line, was a guy you could use that is better than your alternative at certain positions that you're using now. So, for example... When, when Robert Scott was out, you have to replace him with a guy that can't play at this level at all. He is not a good player. He shouldn't be on the field at any point in major college football. And then when you have Smith uh, Marie Smith out at center, you have to put Baby on there. You, can't, you ruin your ability to slide people and have your best group out there. So you end up having to play some guys that have no business playing college football. Well, not at this level. I'm sorry. No business playing college football at this level. And it, it showed. It eliminates a big chunk of your playbook. And so I think that what we're now seeing is a, a, a coaching staff that I hope, I hope, realizes that there are just certain things they cannot do and that there is no need to experiment anymore. Pick something, identify yourself as such, and play to it in the hopes to improve upon it as the year goes along. But you've got to... You can't try week to week entirely different schemes in the hopes that something sticks against the wall. And you're trying entirely different schemes even before there's an injury because you've got two quarterbacks that you're you know drawing up different plays for. So if you're an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, a running anybody who's involved outside of the quarterback in the offense, your responsibilities are going to be different based mm-hmm. upon the quarterback that's in. Right. So you're not even good enough to begin with, and now you're going to stretch your brain to do two different concentrations, two different styles yeah. of offense. That's a fair criticism. I think that's a fair criticism on your part. I think it's the frustration some of the fans feel. It also speaks to the sheer desperation that this coaching staff feels when they gaze upon the personnel. Now, right, that's what we don't like. That that's what I think. That's the higher level question, which is: Can you handle the pressure of the moment? Can you handle? Do you have the patience? to forego trying to make things happen that either you didn't rep or you didn't install for a given week because something hits you in the face in the moment. Can you stick to something? Because there are going to be, let's just say you succeed long-term, and this is the group that we succeed with, coordinators and coaches. People don't believe that now, but let's just argue it for a moment. There are going to be higher-stakes moments to come if you are successful as a program. Bigger games. We'll actually have a number next to our name. Not 120, Mm. like, you know, 18. 12, Mm -hmm. 8, and we'll be playing another team that's ranked. Okay, what happens when Alabama, three years from now, better example, what happens when LSU in the near future, a flawed program in its own right, can stop what you want to do and shows a different look than you expected during the week? Are you going to have the stomach 
a year or two from now, if the program is advanced, to stick to the game plan. Yeah. So if you guys don't listen to the Jeff Cameron Show weekdays, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3, then you missed out on this. And so I want to I want to circle back to make you know to 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 emphasize Tom's point here. It's better, especially when you're losing. I think in general, for coaches to say less, not more, in press conferences, in Q and A's with the media, and that is maddening as a member of the media to have to admit. But you cannot win if you're too honest. You cannot win if you deflect. You cannot win if you just say what is plainly obvious because the fans are angry and there isn't a right answer for 0 and 3. You no matter what you say, you're going to be blamed. But certainly something that you have to understand does not sound good to a fan base is when a coach and in this case it's Kenny Dillingham admits that a team ran something completely different than you expected them to run. It caught you off guard, you were ill-prepared for it, and you didn't have answers. Because people will immediately then say, well, that is what you're here to do. You are paid handsomely to make adjustments on the fly to the adjustments those you're seeking to defeat make against you. This is a game of chestnut checkers, Kenny. This is when you have to show what it is you're good at. Even if the truth is the reason these teams are all going to come out of what they normally do is because they don't respect your ability to block them and or they do not expect that your receivers can make them pay. Right, so his argument would be that we need gadgets and gizmos. That is that is the right argument. And, and once we run out of them, we've got no chance. Is that, that, is, that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing? That is correct. That's wrong in this particular game. Here's why. Here's why. Okay. Now, you're saying that these backup offensive linemen are not the caliber of Florida State University. I, I would agree with oh, that. Oh, I don't think they're the caliber of Wake. Okay. Are they the caliber of Old Dominion? Maybe. Could they play at Old Dominion University? Perhaps. Because if they could, they would have, if you stuck to the run game, brought you enough positive plays that you could have formed some sort of identity for the 60 minutes in the football game. Because that's exactly what Old Dominion did to Wake Forest. Yes. Now, uh, again... If in watching this game again, I would say that, yes, I agree, you have to attach yourself to a game plan, and we didn't have one. So that is disconcerting. I don't think you would have won this game either way. I don't think you would have won this game sticking to the run or deciding, screw it, we're going to throw it on every down. I don't think either one would have worked. But to your point, you would have given yourself a better opportunity by running the football, it appears that Wake's front is not a dominant front. You might have been able to make hay. Teams are hip to the angles we created against Notre Dame. The problem with what we did against Notre Dame in that it was ingenious because you're not physically capable of blocking them, that you decided to beat them to a spot and create angles. That's Atkins being a good coach. Now the gig is up because it's on film, and that surprises nobody. And Jacksonville State even adjusted to that. So... I don't know that what we have moving forward without the health of Smith and Scott is a chance in any game other than the UMass game. And that really is not anything a coordinator can say in a press conference and not anything that fans ever want to hear, but perhaps the reality of the situation we find ourselves in. Now, again, you're paid to go to work every day and figure something out. So don't tell me hands to the sky, don't know what to do. I don't want to hear that. That's right. why less is more. 
Mm-hmm. You can't say these things, even if it's fair, and it's not because you're paid to figure something out, and that's what you have to say repeatedly. But I get it. I get. I can only imagine watching Mackenzie Milton try to throw a pass beyond 25 yards and seeing how it flutters in the air forever and a day. I can only imagine watching Jordan Travis get up after being tackled on the second play of the game and wincing. How desperate you must feel knowing that Chubba Purdy can't play. So you've seen him every day in practice. He can't play. So now all of a sudden, what do I do? I can't block, and I don't have a starting quarterback worth a damn. Right, and so what it sounds like from the Monday press conference is that he crammed all week and he couldn't come up with an answer and just hoped that Wake Forest would live up to its tendencies. And Wake did not, and now what will happen is, and he did That's say. That's absurd, by but the way. He also did say he has to do a better job of having foresight, for lack of a better term, right. that teams are not going to run right. what they want to run or what they normally run because they don't have to. Yeah, yet another reason that less is more. Because remember, last year, the same offensive coordinator was bragging about how Mike Norvell has a plan for rain. We've got a plan for everything at Florida yeah, State. Well, in terms of practicing, that's true. Well, situationally speaking, I guess that you don't have a plan for everything because they run man, and you think, oh, God, what do we do? All right. So that's the message this Monday is they ran something we didn't expect. Oh, God, what do we do? No, but I, he also, he expounded, he expounded, he was asked a variety of questions and he gave an answer repeatedly that seems to suggest that, well, we have man beaters, but they don't get open. Right. Now, what's interesting about that to me, though, is if they're playing man free, then why is there a six man box at all times? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. If you're playing man-free, that means that seven well, are going to be in the box consistently yeah. because of our personnel groupings, right? And I would think I would think the other part of that is that there could have been a robber, and they could have just said, you know what, we're gonna we're not going to make it so that you can throw in the middle of the field and take advantage of that because you can't. We can't beat anybody on the outside. Sure, but if they're going to give you a six-man box and you can't beat anybody on the inside, take a negative play every once in a while. Why do you turn away from it at the first sign of trouble? Because it's the only thing that's giving you positive consistency. On and offense. inconsistency is the fair criticism. They are not consistent in what they rep and then what they do in a game or what they say and then do in a game. That has to change. The results, I guess what I'm warning the fan base in this segment is the results might not change, even if they get it right. I'm saying, and I'm begging them to do that. I'm begging them to do that. Give me something to hang my hat on every Saturday, meaning a player. Right. I know what is expected of me. Now, maybe I get whipped because I'm not good enough, but at least I know I have, I've got to do this. I, this, is what we're, this is what we are. We may ag- disagree on some of the assembly line pieces of the order of the operations, mm-hmm. but we completely agree on this. You didn't even give yourself a chance. You didn't give yourself a chance offensively. There was, no, there was nothing. There was nothing continuous about the beginning of the game to the end of the game, and I don't care if an offensive lineman got hurt. If you look at the film – and this is from a neophyte over here compared to these experts. And they are. They are much more, the, the breadth of their knowledge, I mean, it does laps around the world compared to mine. But if you look at Wake, they had one glaring deficiency, and that was on the ground. You can't get scared away from that. And now you didn't even have a chance in the second half. That's, like, down the stretch of this game, you didn't even give yourself a chance, offensively speaking, and that's where I get mad. You're right. The result might not be there, no, even if you did. There. Yeah. But guess what? The game was out of hand in the fourth quarter because you didn't. Well, and because you turned it over six times. But I, I would also say this. 
Yeah, downfield passes. You're calling shots? What are we doing? Well, all they have are shot plays. I think you have the wrong guy trying to throw them. I don't think McKenzie can get the ball down the field. This is a nightmare. I, I don't it, – it's an absolute nightmare. If you gave yourself the best position or, or the best chance to win against Jacksonville State, you win by multiple scores, right? If Correct. You did, if, if you did what is necessary. If you use that as a glorified scrimmage, which they did, and right. that was a mistake. And, and obviously they've paid a dear price for that mistake in the form of a loss and a lack of trust. If you do it against Wake Forest, put yourself in the best position. You've you got a lose. real – you think so? I, Definitively I, speaking. Wake didn't even try in the fourth quarter. I don't think Wake attempted to do much of anything in the second half once they got up three scores. It doesn't even look like they're – they didn't even care to convert first downs, and they still converted first downs and kept us on the field for a time. Uh, I, I mean – I'll live in a what-if world for a moment. What if Wake Forest wasn't on the field the entire first half because there was a little bit more consistency well, out of the plan? The defense doesn't run out of gas as early. Plus, Wake committed more penalties than we did. Oh, I'm not complaining about penalties. I'm complaining about two crucial calls that went against Florida State that were BS calls that cost this team bigger than people are willing to admit. They see 35-14 and they say, well, this game wasn't close. Perhaps Florida State loses no matter what. Now, roughing the punter call is garbage. That's Florida State's ball, not Wake Forest's ball. It ends up being Wake's ball. They go down and score. That matters greatly when you're fragile and broken and don't believe. Then the call against Jerrion Jones on the sideline is a made-up, make-believe, nonsense call. Once again, Florida State got off the field in that situation and got screwed by ACC officials. And I'm not the guy that beats the drum about officiating, but those two calls actually did have a huge impact on the first half of that game. The first half of that game was greatly affected by those two ridiculous calls. I, You know, I can't ignore that. I won't ignore that. I don't use it as a sole excuse. The coaches haven't coached well. That's obvious. We know that. You wouldn't be 0-3 if they had coached well. But I, that's a big deal what they called there, and that really hurt this team. And that also is, is very uh, illuminating as to how fragile and how weak as a roster, this team is, that they can't handle those things. They can't. They can't overcome those things. I'd also ignore the two deep moving forward a quarterback. What was the point of last week? No, I don't know what that's What's about. What's the point I don't know that? what that's about. He I have... gets two plays, one's a fumble, and then he's gone. Like, so that's where it, I agree with you. Those calls, they are massive. They're Massive implications. Yeah. But it's point four. And you know how hard it is to make those, like, the fourth point of importance in the game? Yeah. Like, that's the level of ineptitude that that's not even a headliner. Right. Well, the other problem we have now is this is all firmly established. They're a bad football team. You have a coaching staff that's not handling that situation very well. Their personnel is not very good. I, it doesn't appear that it's going to get better. On the back end, you get some kids who play hard that just aren't good, uh, Brownlee being one of them. So, I, you know, it is fascinating. I've never seen Florida State in this position. I don't go back far enough to have seen a time. Stunning. <laughs> Where this is a thing. Tallahassee Knowles, take note. This one's for you announcing the Bud Light Sideline Experience Contest. If you're a Nolan Tallahassee text Bud Light fan, all one word to 31996. That's Bud Light fan, all one word to 31996. If you're the lucky winner, you score two sideline passes, hospitality passes, and fan gear for the FSU Miami game on November the 13th. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter. Please enjoy responsibly. A message from local Anheuser-Busch beverage distributor Tri-Eagle Sale. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's 
Offensive keys to the game are brought to you by the Hobbit American Grill. The Hobbit American Grill is celebrating over 40 years of serving good times to good people for great memories. Get your game day going. 2020 West Pensacola Street. For more locations, head to myhobbitonline.com. Well, listen, It's we just got done talking at length about what you can and can't do when your offensive line is uh, banged up and or deficient uh, in other areas, and uh, you, you really do you do worry about it. I, I would say this, for Florida State, and, and we've kind of talked at uh, either directly at this or around it all week long, you want to see something that does not reek of desperation, even in a desperate situation. That's what makes it hard, because when fans see what I've described as sort of the inconsistencies uh, from week to week in terms of a game plan and, and what it's centered around. Uh, and then you hear uh, your offensive coordinator mention that, um, you know, that they, 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 they were practicing against one look and got another look. And, and, and listen, I, I know what he's saying. He's saying teams come out of what they do when they play Florida State because they don't respect our wide receivers. So whatever it is they like to do on defense – they'll go away from because they know Florida State can't make them pay if uh, if they're in one-on-one situations. And so today would be a day where, you know, you feature a lot of Trayshawn Ward and Jayshon Corbin in uh, as many creative ways as possible because you don't really have many other options. Also, being able to sustain that and really dedicate yourself to that, I think, builds to something ultimately – that by the end of the year you might be doing pretty well, um, and it would provide this this lost identity, uh, this this identity that we've been searching for. So I, I'll be curious to see how they go about that. I don't have a lot of good answers for how you find a way to do it when you're in the predicament that Florida State finds themselves in. But I do think that uh, obviously that's why guys get paid a lot of money and spend time, um, you know, putting together game plans during the week. Uh, it's not like you can't go out and. Uh, it's not like you, you you know you can ignore certain aspects of your personnel and and you seek and we know what coordinators do on both sides of the ball. You try to hide your weaknesses and you try to highlight your strengths and and play to those. So to me, the offense clearly has to be centered around the two strengths, which are Corbin and Ward, and um, and and however you need to feature them. We'll see if they're able to do that today. I do think Louisville's linebackers are decent. Um, the The back end of Louisville's defense appears to be the strength, uh, at least athletically. Of course, Florida State's receivers haven't been able to expose much, so that doesn't bode well. Uh, but I think also offensively, what Florida State can do to shorten the game, and they're going to have to do this a lot, I think, all year long. Uh, that A big part of what they're going to need to do is, is find a way – uh, to shorten games and get into the fourth quarter with a chance because you just lack the explosiveness and the overall talent uh, to pe- be able to you know play up tempo. You can't really do that, I don't think, and I don't think you want more possessions, uh, fewer fewer possessions. Uh, also, you know, when you are fundamentally struggling in, in every facet of the game, um, you, you want to see, I think, as fans today, a game – where and I noticed somebody noted this on the chat too. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there about a clean game. You'd like to see a clean game, and that includes you know you're coming off a contest in which you turn the ball over six times. So if you're able to minimize turnovers, 
Stop putting your defense in terrible predicaments. Guys play smart. You know, it is, again, a little bit overrated in terms of penalties and, and, and fans' obsession with talking about penalties. It's the kinds of penalties that we reference. You can live with penalties that are born out of aggression. What you can't live with are the penalties that reveal disorganization. And I, I think that more than anything else, when we talk about playing a clean game, we don't need alignment issues, too many men on the field, that kind of stuff. That drives everybody nuts because of what it means. And I understand that. I agree with that. I don't, you know, I'll live, you know, if guys get in trouble being a little overzealous, being overly aggressive, well, football is a game of extreme aggression. And I'm going to live with that. Also, if you're making mistakes and you make them at 100 miles per hour, people, coaches will live with that. It is, again, whether or not you're revealing uh, an aggressive style of play or a disorganized <laughs> style of play because that's, man, that's how this thing gets uglier by the week is losses coupled with those reveals. And that, mm, that can't happen for Mike and this staff. I, I, they, that that has to be kind of what gets cleaned up, by the way. Uh, the Zaxby's Game Day VIP Upgrade Contest is in full flight. Zaxby's has donated their season tickets to you. That's a good thing. You heard that right. For every home game this season, Zaxby's is hooking up one lucky fan with the ultimate seating upgrade. You can win a pair of 50-yard line seats, perfect seats at that, to the Knowles' next home game. All you have to do is head to Twitter. Tag Warchant and Zaxby's with a photo or video of your Knoll experience you can shoot a video of your tailgate, perhaps your man cave, whatever it is, your reaction to a big play. Hey, wouldn't that be nice? Like a good big play? Wouldn't that be good? Uh, whatever being a Knoll means to you, we want to see it. We'll select the winner the Wednesday before the Knoll's next home game and then show off your entry during our next pregame show. That's in three days, so you're going to get to work. Everyone make sure to tag Warchant and Zaxby's with your fan photo or video, and good luck. Our thanks to Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans for providing the tickets all season long. And this last winner was Andrew Peacock. Congratulations to Andrew Peacock. There you go, right there on the screen if you're watching uh, at home or on Warchant TV, wherever you are. Uh, here they are, fan experience. They dropped off and uh, took the photos and, uh, again, tagged, as I said, at Warchant and at Zaxby's. Appreciate you. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Tallahassee Game Day, roll it on. Appreciate you joining us. If you're listening, driving around, maybe at your tailgate, good on you. Hope you're enjoying the weather, getting set for Florida State Louisville today at 3.30. By the way, just as an aside before I get to the sub of the game, I will note that um, this line barely moved all week long. It really is uh, remarkable to see that 
Uh, we're talking about under a field goal here and um, Louisville's slight favorite, even with them coming off a win against UCF and Florida State not having won a game. Uh, I find it interesting. And again, it's I think it's because Louisville is a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde, and I also think it's because Florida State's defensive line has played well this year. We we talked about this earlier. You know, I understand that um, you've got a mobile quarterback coming into this game, and it, it'll be hard to get him on the ground. Uh, and and he's a kid that can can make you miss and make you look bad at times. But he is a guy that has had his troubles uh, when hit, and has oftentimes kind of shrunk from the moments when teams have been able to get to them early. Florida State had just nine sacks in the nine games they played a year ago, but they've already accumulated 12 so far this year. And uh, in addition to that, you know, we talk about what Jermaine Johnson's done. We, we, that was one, was the, probably the one thing that everybody got most right about fall camp, about the spring, about who this guy is. And it's his leadership and his toughness that helps form a group that I think has really kind of remained in the fight. And I, I think that's if you're looking for positivity today, if you're looking for something to hang your hat on that you can feel good about, I think Florida State will be ready to play football today. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're going to go on to win the game. We keep saying that. I know it's an ugly caveat to have to continue to reference. But when teams of the past, and Lord knows there have been a lot of losses that have been mounting here in Tallahassee over the last four seasons. But teams in the past, when things went south, when things weren't going as anticipated, had a tendency pretty early on in games to not only hang their head, but maybe not play as hard as you'd like. And that became untenable. That's not something nobody respects quitters. Nobody respects guys that won't give their all. Uh, if you're in competition and you're an athlete, uh, that's not really an option. And so when you see it play out, uh, I think that's it's unlikable. It's also extremely frustrating uh, because you know the one very th- you know the one thing you can control is effort. And a lot of those cliches, we roll our eyes, we hear coaches say those things in our youth, but they, they turn out to be true. And I've, I've noted, and I went back and watched that weight game again, and I heard a couple people out there that cover this team say that they thought that uh, at times effort was lacking. I don't. I didn't see it. I, don't, I didn't see plays in which effort was lacking. Do you see, <clears throat> excuse me, do you see demoralized uh, players? Do you see sometimes body language that suggests that they're downtrodden? Yeah, well, when you're getting your ass kicked, that'll happen. But it, but what you didn't see was a lack of hustle on plays or a lack of want to. And a big part of that is, again, I think a guy like Jermaine Johnson, who not only came over to, to get his opportunity to be a star, to have the kind of season that'll get him drafted high, but also he is just, when you talk to him and you get to know him a little bit, seemingly a, a, a born leader. I mean, people gravitate to him. That helps that he can really play. He's already got 28 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and five sacks. Think about what, how, how lacking that's been for Florida State. It is really impressive. I mean, those, that's impressive numbers. I don't know that a lot of Florida State fans realize that. 28 tackles, seven for loss, and five for sacks. Um, he's been really good uh, for Florida State. Today's sub of the game, or which of the game, is served up by which which superior sandwiches. Did you know, Tallahassee, that on Wednesdays, the Wicked is just $5? That's right, five meats, three cheeses, five bucks. At any of which, which is three Tallahassee locations for a superior sandwich today. You know, it's kind of hard when you when you think about subs of the game. Um, there are real obvious candidates. And I will say this before I give you mine for um, for this week. 
I want to commend Babyon Johnson, who's had to play for Maurice Smith. And I say that because at times in the past, I've been pretty hard on him. He's not been uh, what we had hoped he could be when he was heavily recruited and well thought of. He's not a guy that has been too terribly dominant. But in this, his 16th season with the Knowles, Babyon has emerged to be a pretty consistent player when called upon. Uh, again, not ideal. You'd like to have Marie Smith back out there. Uh, but Babyon has been, dare I say, serviceable, at times even better than serviceable. So, you know, he's a sub in a sense because of Marie Smith's absence. But, you know, obviously Babyon has played an awful lot of football. This is a wishful thinking sub of the game. And I don't know if he's ready in the sense that, obviously, he's a freshman. But I've talked at length about how absent our tight ends are in this offense. It drives me nuts to see that tight end room. Now, they're not, it's not a spectacular group. You know, Cam McDonald is, is not a big game-changing player. Jordan Wilson is certainly not. He's had opportunities to make some catches and has not done that. Um, but he's a big body who can block, and if Florida State's going to rely heavily on the run game, you're going to need Jordan Wilson. But I feel like moving forward, a guy that we should begin to see a little bit more of is Jackson West. When we watch Jackson West, now listen, that room consists of Cam McDonald, Jordan Wilson, Wyatt Rector, and Jackson West. Uh, you know, to some extent, obviously, Carter Boatwright and Marcus Douglas and those guys. But um, I... You've got to see something, I think, from a Jackson West who's physically tough enough to help you in the run game and then has some athleticism to him in catching the football. I'd like to see him come along today because I think that you're going to have to find a way to incorporate these guys. You don't have a lot of diversity in this offense right now. Some of that is you're just hamstrung. Some of that is just you're absolutely uh, kind of uh, cornered because of what you, you know, what you can't do with this group up front. Uh, but you you got to utilize what limited playmaking ability you have. I'd sure like to see uh, something in the way of a, a tight end step up and, and, and give Florida State the momentum uh, that they need in that position group. We haven't seen anything from them, and that would be my sub of the game. He's uh, He's a guy that mixed it up all through camp, by the way, Jackson West did. He was not afraid to uh, to get into it with guys. Uh, I always want to see, especially young players who have a body type that says they're ready to play, I always want to, always want to see where they're at mentally. Do they understand the game? Are they tough? Um, are they willing to stick their head in there? That guy does that. I'm not saying you, if you get something out of him today, all of a sudden this offense is really going to hum, but you can't keep going week in and week out without anything from your tight ends. And if you've watched Mike Norvell's offenses of the past, that's the other thing I'll note here. i got to believe that Play calling is going to look a little different today. You go back and look at the Q&A after the game, and this is two weeks in a row in which I've picked up on Mike's body language about where they're at and, and some of his frustrations. And to me, it seemed like he was reaching his wits end with his own, his own staff. Now, he's not going to say that, and he's going to be professional, and he's going to say, you know, those guys are you know, of like mind and all that. I don't think so. I don't think he was happy about the fourth and two call. I think he saw the absurdity of that call. I don't think he likes the fact that they have not been able to incorporate much uh, with their tight ends. They haven't really had an identity. It has looked an awful lot like throwing things against the wall to see what sticks. Again, 
while fully recognizing that Dillingham has not a lot of options. And it's a guy that basically admitted to you he called you know man beaters after he realized what Wake was doing and we couldn't win those one-on-one matchups. That's tough. Uh, that, that hurts. But you can't just throw your hands in the air and decide you're not going to go with any one thing, but rather all of it. That's no way to navigate your way out of this. Don't forget to order ahead if you want to go from zero to Zaxby's in no time flat. Order ahead online or in the app. Click order now, select a location, then start ordering. Get exactly what you want, how you want it, right when you need it. And when you're ready to pick it up, let us know. And you're here, and basically you'll skip ahead of the line. It's a good thing. It's that easy. Head to Zaxby's.com or download the app to get started. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proud Seminole Booster for over 15 years. We'll note this as we get set for the second hour of Tallahassee game day. My boy, Tom Lang, up in Kohler, Wisconsin, covering, uh, covering, enjoying, watching, celebrating, rooting for the United States in the Ryder Cup. We'll actually take the time to do a little work. He's going to join us for our interview of the week, and we'll talk to him about uh, some insights that he sees for this week's game. I know he did a feature for Warchant.com, third and Lang. Get an opportunity to talk a little bit about this offense and go from there. It's Tallahassee game day right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. <laughs> 